about to experience a powerful and life-changing message. We expect God's Word to accomplish in your life the very thing He sent it out to you. Today we want to talk about overcoming fear through faith and love. Anyone can overcome fear. Fear is your enemy. Satan is the author of fear, and he tries to intimidate your life so that you are hindered from moving forward in life. Fear and doubt robs you of God's blessings in your life. Faith and love enables you to access the blessings of God and enjoy the things that God has for your life. So, We must make the choice to resist fear and receive what God has for us. All right, so beginning in this particular chapter, what has occurred is that Jairus came to Jesus and his little daughter was at the point of death and he asked Jesus, will you come to my house, lay your hands on my daughter that she may be healed and she shall live. And so... Jesus agreed to go. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, and on the journey toward his house, there was a woman with an issue of blood who had been bleeding for 12 years, a long-standing issue in her life. And so she heard about Jesus and heard that Jesus was healing the sick. And so she said, the Scripture says, she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. So she pressed through the crowd not uh, taking too much time with the story. She pressed through the crowd, and uh, she actually was able to connect with Jesus. She touched the hem of his garment. When she did, virtue came out of him, and she was healed of that 12-year-long issue of blood. She was made whole. Jesus, in verse 34, said, And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. So her faith had made her whole. Jesus emphasized that her faith made her whole. He didn't say, my power has made you whole, although his power did make her whole. But others were touching Jesus, and they were not being healed or made whole. But this woman's touch was different. When she touched him, she drew the power of God out of him. Through faith, she received the anointing and the power of God. And she was made whole of that plague. Jesus stopped. He knew that power went out of him. And he looked about to see her that had done this thing. And he said to her, when she said that she was healed, he said, Your faith has made you whole. Well, in this process of what is occurring... Jairus is still with Jesus, and Jairus gets a report regarding his daughter. While he yet spake, speaking of Jesus, was still speaking, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house a certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And so he received a very negative report, uh, probably the most uh, difficult report for any a father or mother to receive that your daughter is dead. And so in the midst of that uh, occurring, Jesus, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, 
saith unto Jairus, who was the ruler of the synagogue, he said to Jairus, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. So in the midst of the toughest report or the most difficult report in your life, you can choose to believe. And in, their, in this case, Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, because that's the first natural reaction. Fear hits his mind. Fear grips his mind. And so the first thing Jesus does is he arrests the fear. Because he knows that doubt and fear is the robber of God's blessings. Because doubt and fear robs you of your faith and your confidence in God. And it has a, a, a power that seemingly paralyzes your life. So the devil does not want us to move forward from where we are. He doesn't want us to go forward. He wants to grip us with fear or hinder our lives from making progress. And so when fear comes, faith answers the door. In other words, when fear comes to your soul or your mind, whether it comes to a circumstance, a situation that occurs, or whether it comes from a report from a doctor, or whether it comes uh, through uh, you know, your own emotion or your, your own uh, perhaps intimidation, fear just hits your mind, what do you do with it? What do you do in response to fear? Well, you respond to fear with faith because Jesus said, be not afraid, only believe. So faith needs to answer fear. Faith needs to respond to fear. Rather than react to fear, you respond to it. In other words, if you just react because fear hits your mind, then you can be at a loss of what's going to happen from here. But if faith responds to fear, and how do you respond? By believing, he said, only believe. There's another passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 8 that Jesus was uh, actually approached by a centurion. And this centurion said, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. But he said, Lord, and Jesus actually said, I will come and heal him. The centurion responded to Jesus' offer to come and heal his servant, which was a, a pretty tremendous offer. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But his response to uh, Jesus saying he would come and heal him, he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. So in other words, the centurion believed that Jesus' word would heal his servant. Just speak the word only. Now, I'm just going to give you two thoughts here concerning your response to fear. How do you respond to fear? You respond to fear with believing or faith. You respond with your words as well. In other words, when you have fear hit your mind or a negative report come to your life, whatever fear, however it comes to you, you respond to it with faith in God. You believe the Word of God. How are you going to be prepared to resist fear? You feed your faith. 
You feed on the Word of God, and we know that faith comes, according to Romans 10, verse 17, that faith comes how? By hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the Word of God, when it is heard, has a power to produce faith in the person's heart. So when you hear the Word, and that's why it's so important to consistently hear God's Word coming into your ear, because if it comes in your ear, it can also get in your heart. And if it gets in your heart, Jesus said, Whosoever shall believe in his heart and say with his mouth, mouth to the mountain, be removed, it shall be removed. So there's power in getting the word in your heart and then getting that word fitted in your lips. So your response to fear is the word of God coming out of your heart, coming through your lips, spoken to that fear. And fear in this case could be your mountain, so to speak. So that mountain that stands in your way, you are to speak and to say. To the mountain, say the word of God to the mountain. The word has the power to remove the situation or eliminate fear out of your life. So the word of God can dissolve, we could say, dissolve or eliminate fear out of your mind. Eliminate fear out of your soul, out of your thinking. Rather than thinking fear thoughts, think faith thoughts. So you can replace fear with faith. And that's what Jesus said. And he said, do not be afraid, only believe. So you're eliminating fear and you're filling your heart and your mouth with faith. Now, your voice is important when it comes to resisting fear. Because... Fear generally will hang out in your mind if you allow it to. In other words, most of the time, you're not going to just think fear out. you got to speak it out. In other words, you, you don't evict fear by just thinking and it eliminates. you got to speak the Word of God. When you speak the Word of God... It has authority in your voice and authority in the word. And the devil is the author of fear, so he's the one that brings fear to your mind. Now, I understand there's a natural reasoning process that anybody could be afraid just by natural reasoning. But you have to understand as well that the devil will press that issue. And the devil it, it will press on your mind and try to get you to buy in to fearful thoughts and to lock into that mode of fear. So instead of locking in, you evict. Now notice, Jesus said, as soon as he heard the report, Jesus said, be not afraid. In other words, it's important for you to respond quickly. Quick to believe. The Word of God. Respond quickly. He said, be not afraid, only believe. So Jesus is endeavoring to arrest the fear. But Jesus alone cannot arrest your fear. He said, be not afraid, only believe. Now then he gave a command to Jairus. Jairus then has to take that word and put his faith in God and choose not to be afraid and choose to believe. 
Jesus gives us his word. God gives us his word. And then we have to take that word, believe it in our heart, and say it with our mouth and act like the Bible is true. And so he has then the responsibility as we have the responsibility to believe the words of Jesus, let faith arise in our heart, and say what God says out of our mouth. Again, the centurion said, Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. So we need to discard fear and discard doubt, eliminate fear and doubt by believing in our heart and saying with our mouth. And Jesus said, if you believe it in your heart, in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, he said, you will have whatever you say. So if you're speaking faith words, then you're going to have faith occurrences. You're going to have faith promises fulfilled in your life. So the Word of God works for anybody who then will activate that Word in their life. So somebody say, faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. Say it again. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. So believing in your heart and saying with your mouth eliminates fear from your mind. Believing in your heart, saying it with your mouth eliminates fear from your mind. Let's go to 2 Timothy and we're going to go to chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we will look at verse 7, please. Verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given us the spirit of fear. In contrast, God has given us the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. So God did not give you a spirit of fear, and he calls it the spirit of fear. Again, fear could uh, be natural reasoning cause, but generally speaking, there's a spirit behind it. The devil could just sow a thought in your mind, but then he presses that thought and presses that thought upon your mind. And it's just like sticking to your head, so to speak, sticking to your mind. So you say, no, I'm going to unstick it. I'm going to dissolve it. Praise God forever. I'm going to eliminate that fear thought. I'm going to eliminate it by believing in my heart and speaking it with my mouth, speaking the word with my mouth. All right, so in this verse, he contrasts. The spirit of fear that God has not given to you. So if it didn't come from God, we don't want it. Right? That would do you well. It would serve you well to just go ahead and make up your mind. If it doesn't come from God, I don't want any part of it. So here, he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he has given you the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. So fear attacks your mind. So he's contrasting how fear could take a 
hold of your mind or get a grip on your soul. And it could literally become, as the scripture says, a stronghold. In other words, the devil just keeps pressing that thought on, on your mind until it becomes a stronghold and very difficult naturally to shake. You need the word of God in your heart and your mouth. And so, how do you do that? How do you destroy that stronghold or that thing the devil is trying to control your mind with? Uh, in 2 Corinthians, it says in chapter 10, he says, You cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and you bring into captivity every thought. Now, that's pretty serious business, isn't it? Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So your mind has a way of thinking all kinds of fearful thoughts. And so when fear comes, you want to quickly evict it, quickly deal with it. Don't let it hang out. Don't let it hang around. Don't let it just settle into your soul and don't let yourself settle into it. Because your mind will settle into a fear and it can become a part of your soul and your thinking and that thought can dominate your life. But if you'll cast down that imagination, again, how are you going to cast down imaginations, those images, pictures that are contrary to faith in God and, and trusting God and the love of God? You're going to have to get the word in your heart, get the word in your mouth and say that word out of your mouth coming out of your heart, and Jesus said, then you're going to get that kind of result in your life. So then, he says that you cast down imagination, so there's power in the Word of God, and there's power in that Word that comes out of your mouth. God gave you the authority in the earth. I said, God gave you the authority in the earth, and He gave you the authority to resist the devil, or we could say, He gave you the authority to resist fear. So he said he's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So you have power with God. You have the power of God in you. You have the love of God in you. Power, love, and of a sound mind. So when you get born again, the moment you got saved, your spirit was reborn. We say, according to Jesus' words in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Born again, meaning that your inner man must be born again. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say, it, say unto you that you must be born again. Speaking of the spirit part of you, the inner part of you. So when you got saved, you got born again, you received this new life from God. He that believes on the Son, John 3, verse 36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. So then you have this everlasting, eternal life. Eternal life is not just that you get to go to heaven. Eternal life is a quality of life that you have, you presently possess right now as a believer. And because you have it, when you die, you will go to heaven. It does last forever. But it is a quality of life that the believer possesses today. So you have eternal life as a believer in Jesus. Within this life, there are, th there are nine fruit of the Spirit that are described in Galatians, in the, in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And those nine fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, temperance, faith. One, number one, love. 
the love of God. So when you get born again, you have God's life on the inside of you, and you have God's love deposited in your heart. So you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. This love is in you. Somebody say, I have it. Well, it, it really helps you to know that you have what it takes. You have what it takes to do what Jesus said do. All right, so you have the love of God on the inside of you. And if you have God's love on the inside of you, we'll give you a scripture in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you are of God, little children. Of God means that your life originates with God. You are of God. You're born of God. God's seed, God's life remains on the inside of you. So God's life is in you. God's seed is in you. And so you've been born of God. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. And if you look at the setting or the context of that verse, he's talking about evil spirits, the spirit of this world. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. So there's a spirit in you that is greater than the spirit of this world. One of the spirits that's in this world is a spirit of fear. And the greater one indwells you, and greater is he that's in you that, than he that is in this world. And you have overcome them. And notice the verbiage. He said you have overcome them. Why? Because you are of God. So your life in Christ, your life in God is an already overcoming life. Hallelujah. You have this kind of life, this quality of life on the inside of you that has already overcome the world, sin, Satan, the devil, demons, any destructive force in this world has already been overcome by this resurrection life that God has now deposited in your heart. And he says that you have now received the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Praise God. That's good news, isn't it? So then, in uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For whatsoever, whatsoever, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So you have something in you that is already overcome because you're born of God, then you can overcome. And how you actually overcome in life, this world, is through faith. Right? This is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So you're born to win and you're going to win by faith. I said you're born to win and you are going to win by faith. You have what it takes on the inside of you. Whether you feel like you do, whether it looks like you do, whether your mama said you do, or your daddy said you don't, or whatever who said, it doesn't matter what they said, it matters what he said, and he said you have what it takes. You have on the inside of you the life of heaven itself, the life of God himself, and this life has already overcome the world, sin, the devil, and every dark thing that has ever happened or ever will happen. Praise God. Jesus is Lord. All right. So you have this kind of life on the inside of you. Within this life, those nine fruit of the Spirit exist in this life. In other words, the love of God being the first one that is listed is in you because this life is in you. 
This power is in you because this life is in you. Hallelujah. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And this life in you enables you to overcome. Faith in God enables you to overcome whatever fear comes against your mind, comes against your life. You have the ability to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. All right, so what do you do? You speak, we could say, love scriptures. Because in contrast to fear, he says, I've given you the spirit of love. Now, while you're talking about love and you're speaking love scriptures, you are eliminating fear. Fear cannot live in the midst of love. Fear and love do not mix. Hallelujah. So when you get filled with the word of God concerning the love of God, while you're speaking about the love of God, you are eliminating, you are dissolving fears that would try to control your mind. So I would admonish you to take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. And I admonish this every now and then because people need to be reminded every now and then. Right? And some people never have done it. And they've heard me say it many times over the years. But it only works for those who do. And if you choose to do it, it'll work for you. So then, if you'll take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, and I would encourage you to use the Amplified Bible or maybe another uh, translation as well, but just meditate on it and say it at least once a day. Just go over it once a day, at least, sometimes two or three times a day, and just say it to yourself. It's amazing how your attitude will change. It's amazing how your perspective of life will change. It's amazing how you will see people. Because before you saw them upset in your mind. In other words, you were upset with them. You were angry with them. You were disturbed by their action or what they did or did not do. Imagine that. Praise the Lord. How many, when you first got married, you had a few surprises? You found out that they didn't do certain things you thought they were going to do. You found out that they did some things you never even imagined that they could do. Right? If you get close enough to anybody, you're going to find out they do some things you didn't think that they would do, right? And so, it's pretty important that you have a love attitude in your marriage or in your family, right? Because... Everybody doesn't think like you. Unless we all thought love thoughts all the time, we'd all think alike. But love needs to be the controlling force of our life. And we know if you're walking in the flesh, love will not be controlling. But if you're walking in the Spirit, actually in Galatians chapter 5, it says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, when we think of the lust of the flesh, we think about, you know, you're lusting after a woman or a man, you know, and that could be true. Certainly, it's a, it would be part of that, but it's more than that. 
Lust of the flesh is anger, resentment, bitterness, all kinds of uh, negative attitudes. If you read it there, and it's not an exhaustive list, so you can just add yours in the list. So, Lord, you didn't even address my situation. It'd be so, such a long list, we would have to carry. You, you better be in the computer age because you'd have to have a truckload Bible, you know. You drive up in a semi to bring your Bible to church. All right, so thank God. He, he believes that we have a, a certain level of intelligence that we can figure out that there are some things that we need to address in our lives, right? You can just put yours in the list there. So he said, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh or the desires of the flesh. Lust meaning it's pulling on you. It's controlling you. And you don't want those things to control you. Why? Because they, uh, you know, it might feel good in the moment, but it's killing you. You know, it's just the reality. It's destroying your life, having a negative effect on your soul, on your mind, on your emotions, on your body, on your spiritual life, on your uh, uh, whole life. It's, a, it's affecting your whole life. So you don't want to follow the lust of the flesh because it's a destructive force. And the devil is not out. He's not your friend and fear is not your friend. And if you think he is, then you're sadly mistaken. But we don't want to go down that road, right? So here we are. God's given us the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. The Amplified says it this way. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, of craving or cringing and fawning fear. In other words, it sounds like something that's got a grip on you. Something that's trying to control you. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. You know, timidity or intimidation uh, could come because somebody is trying to intimidate you or they're doing things that would uh, try to intimidate your life, right? Or it could be your own perception just because you uh, are limited in your self-confidence or who you are and your knowledge of who God made you to be. And so sometimes your intimidation is not because of them. So don't blame everybody. I will. All right. That's why I slowed it down. So, so the reality is it's not always someone else. Sometimes it's between your ears. It's not far from you. Close proximity. So sometimes people think, if I get away from them, then I will not be intimidated. When you go somewhere else, you're going to have the same problem. So it's really dealing with me. You know, it's interested in, mar in marriage relationships. You know, you do marriage counseling. So I don't have anybody in mind. So if you think it's you, it's called self-appointment. You're appointing it to yourself. Uh, so I don't have anybody in mind. I'm just telling you. A lot of times, uh, one spouse will want to tell you what the other spouse is doing wrong. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but Liberty Mutual has a commercial. And he said, do you hear that? Liberty M Mutual doesn't hold a grudge. Has anybody ever 
This is not an advertisement for Liberty Mutual. I just like the commercial. Did you hear that? Liberty Mutual doesn't hold a grudge. So, so in, in, in relationships, we, uh, we tend, we have this tendency, not you, of course, other people, less spiritual people than yourself, have this tendency to blame other people, like blame their spouse. The reason I'm this way is because they did this. Anybody in the world that had the, a spouse that would do that would be like me right now. You know, it's, uh, it started with Adam and Eve. Adam said, the woman. And then he just says, the woman that you gave me. Now, man, you're in bad shape when God gave her to you and she's the problem. So she and God are not your friend, according to that. So the blame game is a long, old story. So you're not making progress. You're not going forward through blaming other people. Uh, because we have to take personal responsibility for our own emotions. <laughs> I married him so I'd be happy. <laughs> Okay, now we know what the problem is. You thought he was going to make you happy. Eternal happiness is in him. No, eternal happiness is in Jesus. And if you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to be happy with anybody. I'm preaching really good right now. I'm just... <laughs> All right. So in any relationship, you're going to have to be, you know, first, you have to get happy with your relationship with Jesus. Happy with your relationship with God and just, and just be in love with Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Husbands, love your wives as Christ. What? Love the church. Wives, love your husbands, right? Submit to them and respect them. Read it in the Amplified, and you either get excited or depressed. <laughs> so, either you're going to believe it and do it and get the result of it, or you're going to, man, forget all this. this is, so let me encourage you in the Lord today. Be encouraged. You can do this. You have what it takes. You have the love of God on the inside of you. You don't have to be afraid and run from every challenge and every relationship. You don't have to run from stuff that's trying to control your life and wants to control you for the rest of your life. No, fear wants to intimidate you. Thank you, Jesus. So he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, cowardice, craving, cringing, fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit, a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced, disciplined self-control. Wow. Say that again backwards. 
Wow. All right, so your intelligence level is going to have to kick in to get that. All right. So he says, God's given us a spirit of power, love, of a calm, well-balanced mind, and discipline and self-control. So your self-control is going to have a lot to do with what you think. Your self-control is going to have a lot to do with whether you think love thoughts or angry thoughts or mad thoughts or negative thoughts. And if you'll get the Word of God on the inside of you, it'll help you to control your thoughts. All right, let me just give you a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In the King James Version, it says, Love thinks no evil. Is anybody in the room thought you were doing really good when you didn't say it? I sure thought it, but I didn't say it. I really thought it, though. I really thought it. I thought about it all day, but I still didn't say it. So you thought you did good, but it said love thinks no evil. So we're going to get down to the real thought life here, right? He says your mind being self-disciplined, having a disciplined mind, a well-balanced mind. How are you going to control your emotions? How are you going to control uh, your your feelings, feelings, <laughs> nothing more than feelings, you know, it's an old far side joke, he was sitting by the piano, monkey sitting by the uh, piano said, peelings, nothing more than peelings, <laughs> that's the way some people feel, you know, all I got left is peelings, you ever eat peelings, take a bite of peelings, you're trying to get a banana open? It's bitter. But what's inside is sweet. Now, you may have some bitterness of your past. You have, may have some bitterness from your past in your soul. But I'll tell you, the love of God that's on the inside of you can help you to be sweet. In other words, your wife would like for you to show up sweet at the house. Right? Your husband would like for you to show up sweet at the house. No matter what happened today at the job. No matter what went on on the job today, no matter what your business situation was, no matter what happened on the way home, just take the peeling off. Peelings. <laughs> Throw it out. Come on. In other words, don't let the flesh dominate you. Just peel away the flesh because what's on the inside is sweet. What's on the inside is that banana, so to speak. There's the love of God is on the inside, and your children will appreciate if you show up at the house not mad about everybody at the office. Peel it away on the way home. Peel it off. Just deal with it. Get it out of your soul and say, Father, I believe the Holy Spirit is helping me to walk in the love of God. When I show up at the house, the love of God's going to come out of me. You say, uh, now, if you work on it on the job, then you won't have to uh, work on it so hard on the way home. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's, let's, let's try on this. Love thinks no evil. Love believes the best of every person. <laughs> Lord, I think you're asking a little bit too much. No, love believes the best of every person. Love's hopes 
are fadeless under all circumstances. No matter what's going on, love's hopes are fadeless. In other words, I see some hope right in the middle of this stuff. I believe there's some possibilities, some positive outcome. No matter what's going on around me, it doesn't matter. Thank God for the grace of God, the blood of Jesus. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. I'm not going to get all upset and out of sorts and so angry. People think, my God, the end of the world is happening. All right, so. No, you're going to control your mind. You're going to control your thought. You're going to discipline your thoughts. And you're going to think love thoughts. That's a choice. If, if I could fix that for you, I would do that right now. I'd just unscrew the top of your head. I'd put love in your mind. And I'd say, that's good. You're good to go. You're set. But that's not the way life is. You have to choose to discipline your mind every day of your life. God himself can't do that for you. You have to choose to walk in love. And if you'll fill your heart and you'll fill your mind with love, then fear will be dissolved, evicted out of your soul, out of your mind, and out of your house, out of your marriage, out of your family. Out, Come on, it'll evict. Come on, Jesus is Lord. How many would like to go to the house and when you get there, you know peace is going to be there? Amen. You're going to be happy at the house, happy at home. So, Pastor, you don't know where I live. Lord, you don't, hey, Pastor, you don't know her. She smiles at church. Come on, y'all. We could always say she's not, he's not, they're not, they don't do this, they should do this. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, hope so, wish it. But choices make the difference in life. The choices that we make, that we're going to walk in love. So you're not afraid to go to the house. When you go to the house, you're not walking on eggshells. So, they're so sensitive. As one person says, sensitive. All right. They're so sensitive. Well, you just choose to walk in love, and you'd find out that some changes would start to occur. I can't make somebody change, but I can change myself. If you can't change them, you say, well, I tried. Yeah, we know. And that just stirred up a war. All right, so... It's really going to be you walking in love. It's not what they did or what they are going to do. It's really what you choose to do. And if you'll do your part, then we trust and believe that God will work in them to do their part. And the Holy Spirit will work in them while you're walking in love. It's amazing what the love of God can do. You know, love pulls the best out of people. I said love draws the best out of people. If you walk in love, it'll draw the best out of them. Thank you, Jesus. Am I helping anybody in the room? I see some of you twitching. I see you. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is your helper, right? I said the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit will go home with you. The Holy Spirit goes in the car with you when you leave here today. So don't, don't, don't lecture them on the way home and say, Pastor said... You might need to be quiet and just think about what Pastor said. 
and what God's Word said, and just let the Holy Spirit work on you, work in you. Work in you to will and to do of His own good pleasure, and it'll just evict fear out of your relationship. It'll just dissolve fear out of your mind. And if you start doing that and they start doing that, and the love of God abounds in your home and your family, praise God, your kids will be happy about it. Right? The grandkids will be glad to come to your house and tell you what mom and daddy are dealing with. No, I'm just kidding. 